Hello, uh, welcome to a special Two Geeks, Two Beers mini-sode with me, Morgan, and Tom. Hello. Uh, we have a, a regular episode scheduled in for recording next week. Yeah. Next yeah, week. Yeah. Um, but we, we've got together briefly uh, today in a London pub uh, because we wanted to record a tribute to Stan Lee, who uh, has sadly passed away aged 95 uh, Stan, of course, the father of all things Marvel, creator of Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, the, the Hulk, yeah. Thor, uh, so Iron Man, so many iconic characters. Um, because, you know, he, it's been mates with someone like you to introduce me to the brilliance of Stan Lee, and, mm. and he's one of those people which you feel like they're just going to be forever around forever, like, mm. like the Queen. It's just, it's <laughs> yeah. just one of those sort of iconic uh, people really mm. so it's very strange to live in a world without without him in it I suppose but the wonderful thing of course is that we we will never live in a world without Stan no. because the man himself is gone but his ideas and the characters he created and the stories he told are so pervasive yeah. like like nothing else like <laughs> I always think to myself and I've never really said it out loud because I think people would scoff yeah. but I genuinely think he's almost the equivalent of Shakespeare yeah. or someone like that because you yeah, think because you, because you think okay what did Shakespeare do he created characters and stories that sort of changed the way we exactly. we think about stories yeah. and so did Stan Lee in a way you know uh, the, the, the characters he created changed the face of, of comics and now they've changed the face of television and movies and, and you know, Shakespeare invented words and phrases so did Stan you yeah. know we, we throw around things now like radioactive spider everyone knows what you're talking about and he he, yeah. he, he really did sort of change pop culture you don't th you think of something like Spider-Man mm. uh, as something which has just been around for like 500 years it's, it feels weird that, he, that I was around at the same time as the man who yeah. came up with that yeah uh, yeah well those characters Spider-Man in particular and the X-Men and now especially after the rise of the MCU you know Iron Man and Thor and all these mm. characters they are as iconic as Dracula or Sherlock Holmes they're just yeah. these characters that uh, will last forever and you know it's a long, long time since Bram Stoker and Arthur Conan Doyle were around, but yeah. everyone knows who those characters are, and even though Stan's now gone, everyone will always uh, know about his characters. There was a job open at a company uh, that was owned by the husband of a cousin of mine, and I heard that they were looking for an assistant. So I went up and I applied for the job, and I must have been the only one who applied because I got the job, and... Um, I thought it would be a temporary job. It was for a comic book company, and I had never thought of writing comics. And in those days, nobody thought of writing comics. Nobody had any respect for comics, really. People thought they were either written for semi-literate adults or very young children. And um, so I figured I'll keep the job for a while. I need some money, but at some point, I'll go out and get a real job. But it got more and more interesting, and I kept getting a raise after another raise, and I, I couldn't quit. I was doing too well, and I began to enjoy it. And I began to enjoy working with the artists. And, and um, before I knew it, it was a good job. I was having fun. And little by little, <clears throat> I'd like to think, because of some of the work we did at Marvel, 
little by little, people began to have more respect for comics. You know, just as as a as a layman, like uh, <laughs> if you were to do a brief explanation as to who Stanley was and mm. and why he was so important, because mm. I don't think any everyone may not, well people listen to this know. Yeah, but it's always nice to just explain exactly. I think. Well, he was the the father of certainly modern Marvel comics. Uh, as I say, created all those uh, iconic characters. But also, what was different about the stories he told was, up until uh, that point, superheroes had been uh, pretty uh, fl- characters without flaws. Yeah. They were they were literally Perfect. Superman. Yeah. Uh, and and various iterations of that idea and what Stan did was he brought it back down to earth in a way so starting with the Fantastic Four you had these uh, characters who were a family and they they squabbled and they had relationships that felt like real relationships even though they had superpowers you could relate to them you could relate to them and of course you know one of the greatest examples of that is Spider-Man who does have incredible powers um, but he's just a spotty teenager who can't get a girl yeah Uh, that, so that's what Stan did. That's he 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 made comic books relatable, and in that way, I think he made comic book stories uh, more accessible to a wider audience, um, and especially, obviously, to uh, people like me. You know, young young kids who are a little bit awkward. Yeah. Uh, it, it, that that's how he inspired us. You know, through through those stories. I was sitting thinking of it, trying to think of an idea and I saw a fly crawling on a wall. And I thought, gee, wouldn't it be something if if we had a hero who could crawl on walls like a fly? So I said, yeah, that's great. Now, then I need a name. So I thought, fly man, that didn't sound dramatic enough. Insect man, no. And I, I went down a list and then I got to spider man. And somehow, Spider-Man. It sounded a little scary. It sounded impressive. So I said, I'll call him Spider-Man. I wanted him to be, Spider-Man, to be a teenager, but I'd make him a different kind. He wouldn't be a sidekick. He would be the hero. And again, to make him empathetic with the, with the readers, I figured I would let him be not that good-looking, not that successful with girls, he doesn't have a lot of money. He, in fact, he doesn't have enough money. He's an orphan who lives with his aunt and uncle. I thought that would make him relatable to a lot of kids. And I, like, I, he definitely had a huge impact on, on my life because yeah, I, I wanted to be a comic book artist when I was very young. Couldn't draw. Couldn't draw to save my life. So then, uh, <laughs> so I went down a different path. But I think even now, you know, my, my passion for uh, comic books and science fiction and fantasy more broadly, yeah. that's all down to the stories and the characters that he created. And even something like this podcast, you know, we've yeah. mentioned Stan multiple times because we've, yeah. you can't not touch on his, uh, his creations, even if you're not specifically talking about Marvel, just the sort of wider impact he's had on pop culture and geek culture in particular is so mammoth that you're always going to end up talking about Stan and I for one I'm going to and I hope you still do them but my favourite impression of yours is Stan Lee <laughs> you've done this on, on the show many times yes so maybe not today because it's a bit I don't know I'll, I'll, <laughs> uh, not in the mood uh, no. I hope it comes back oh, no I'll always do my uh, <laughs> my impression of, of, of Stan yeah. uh, particularly in the it was a- Hulk uh, 
cartoon series. Yeah. The narration on that. Yeah, his wonderful narration yeah. on the old uh, Marvel 80s animated series. Yeah. I love that, yeah. He, well, that was the thing as well about him. He wasn't... Most people don't know who created comic book characters yeah. or you know, even a character like Superman who's huge unless you're a comic book aficionado you don't necessarily know who created no. Superman um, or even Batman um, pe- people knew Stanley he was yeah. something else he wasn't just um, a, a comic book writer in the way that many even great comic book writers are um, because they don't cameo in, no. well, I mean some of them do but not, not in the way that the, the Stanley cameo why, became a thing but why, why was that why did he you know, break I, through that barrier. I think mainstream. he. I think he loved it. He would always. He'd always put himself out there. So even back when he was, uh, you know, writing for comics and as editor of Marvel Comics, he would have a thing called Stan Soapbox, where he would have his own column <laughs> yeah. in the comics. And so he was always keen to kind of be a be a face and for yeah. for for fans to know who he was and to be able to uh, feel like they were, I don't know, connected to him in some way, almost like he was he was a friend or even like a. You know, latterly I think he's become almost like a everyone's favourite grandpa yeah. or something. It, the thing that really struck me when the news broke of his death was um, all the people on my Facebook mm. who I you know I don't think they're particularly comic book fans yeah. necessarily. It was like my, my cousins and people I went to school with, yeah. and they're all like, "No, not Stan. Yeah. Everyone knows Stan yeah. because because I guess lately you know latterly because of the the MCU movies and his cameos, but he was just sort of this." wonderful avuncular presence that every, everyone yeah. knew him and everyone loved him I, I, I went through I went on Wikipedia yesterday and there was um, a list of Stan Lee cameos yeah. and it was incredible like how many things over the years he, it's not just the MCU he's been in he's yeah. been in lots of other films unconnected to it lots mm. of TV series more rats he's been in Simpsons you know, yeah. he's been in all sorts and is he technically the highest grossing actor of all time <laughs> he may well be I think he probably is if you think about it. <laughs> he it's may well Anthony be Daniels <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fighting it out yeah, yeah. <laughs> one more uh, string to his bow yeah. uh, what's your favourite Stan cameo um do you know what mm. weirdly mm. it was in um, the Spider-Man video game which has just come out the new one niche because uh, I didn't even know he was in there. Yeah, no, it was a really, it's a brilliant game, mm. like open world Spider-Man. What would you want? But there's a scene where Peter's talking to Mary Jane in uh, like a cafe or a diner, and they've broken up, but they're still trying to like chat. And then mm. it turns out that the owner of the diner is is Stan Lee, and he's in it, his right. face and his voice, <laughs> and he's always like, "I always had a feeling about you too and it was like, "Ah, oh, this is lovely." So it, it, <laughs> you don't, or you sort of do expect it, but then mm. in moments like that, you don't expect it. So that was that was really nice. Saved by the siren. Talk to you later. Go. Love seeing you two together again. You always were my favorites. I... I know a lot of people love his cameo in Spider-Man 3, one of the few good moments in Spider-Man 3. I think it's Spider-Man 3. Yeah. It's definitely one of the Spider-Man sequels where he uh, says to Peter Parker uh, something along the lines of, I guess one guy can make a difference. Enough said. Uh, and that's, a, that's a popular one. You know, I guess one person can make a difference. Enough said.
But I think my favourite one, again, it's one of the Spider-Man movies. There's just a very quick shot of um, some falling... Spider-Man's fighting one of, one of the villains. Yeah. And there's a, a piece of falling masonry and it just cuts to Stan and he just grabs a little girl and saves her <laughs> and like, pulls her out of the way. Good. And I just love that because like, Stan the hero. Yeah, good. He's, and he's filmed the ones coming up next year. I believe there's, a, there's at least one more cameo coming yeah. up in Avengers 4, possibly so it'd be more. quite fitting if his last one is in the next Avengers because mm. that's kind of the end of that era as well isn't it so it's kind of nice if that's how it ends mm. I'm going to applaud <laughs> I've decided I'm going <laughs> to applaud some sort of when he comes on the screen they, like in those films they're Avengers they're, 4 now yeah. no doubt have a Captain Marvel I'm sure standard he's in as well. I think they probably yeah. filmed well I was lucky enough I never met Stan face to face but I was lucky enough to speak to him uh, a couple of years ago uh, and <laughs> I remember when that came up as an as it was just like a random email going, Would you fancy to understand Lee? And you're like, Yes, obviously. I, I was like properly trembling afterwards. Not because he was No. <laughs> he, he was the idea of talking to someone like that. I mean yeah. the closest I've got is I talked to William Shatner on my phone once. And I that mean, was pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. But you know, Stanley for you personally is yeah. just incredible. Yeah. It was it was an incredible experience. And I uh I, I asked him why he thought superhero stories had not only endured but now are more popular than ever um, and I've got a brief quote here from Stan where he says uh, to me these superhero stories are almost like old time fairy tales every kid loved fairy tales stories of giants and witches and wizards and dragons and so forth and you get that same feeling in the superhero comics because as you get a little older you can't read fairy tales you become too old for that but I think you never outgrow your love for those kinds of stories so along came superhero stories and I think they fill the gap they provide the same type of excitement and colour that the old fairy tales did. So that's it for now. Uh, we'll talk about Stan more in future episodes yeah. because, as I said, how, how can we not? It's going to come up. He'll come up. <laughs> He'll come up. Yeah. Uh, but for now, we'd just like to raise a glass to Stan the Man, Excelsior. Hi, heroes. This is Stan Lee coming at you. Want you to know, Marvel has always been and always will be a reflection of the world right outside our window. That world may change and evolve, but the one thing that will never change is the way we tell our stories of heroism. Those stories have room for everyone, regardless of their race, gender, religion, or color of their skin. The only things we don't have room for are hatred, intolerance, and bigotry. That man next to you, he's your brother. That woman over there, she's your sister. And that kid walking by, hey, who knows? He may have the proportionate strength of a spider. We're all part of one big family, the human family, and we all come together in the body of Marvel. And you, you're part of that family. You're part of the Marvel Universe that moves ever upward and onward to greater glory. In other words, Excelsior! <laughs> <laughs>